Welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast with Matthew Eels. There's something I want you to see. You up for it? Yeah. We're calling Blueback. Gropers can live until their 70s. Old and wise. They live in the same place most of their life. They don't tend to leave. <laughs> the only way to make sure that he's safe is to keep him a secret. What's going on? Your entry to the bay is too shallow. You need to dredge the reef. These fish are meant to be protected. How can they do this, ma'am? Stealing from our future. You and your mum really think you can stop this, don't you? Those men, they wanted to kill him. What if he doesn't come back? What if I never see him again? My name is Abby Jackson, and I'm 15 years old. I've been studying this base since I was eight. The whole reef will be gone. We'll see about that. The diversity of this marine life. It's a gift to us all. He'll always be safe with me. the trailer for Blueback. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Cinema Australia podcast for 2023. My name is Matthew Eels. I can't believe this is the 90th episode and I couldn't think of a better guest to celebrate with than one of my favourite Australian filmmakers, Robert Connolly, who was my very first interview for Cinema Australia all the way back in 2013, by the way. Uh, in this episode, Robert is joined by actor Ilse Fogg to discuss Blueback, one of the best films you're likely to see this year. I had so much fun with this film, and in my opinion, it's the best Tim Winton adaptation since The Turning, which was also produced by Connolly. Blueback follows Abby, played by Fogg, uh, a young girl who befriends a magnificent wild blue groper while diving. When Abby realises that the fish is under threat, she takes inspiration from her activist mum, Dora, played by Ryder Mitchell, and takes on poachers to save her friend. This interview was recorded live from a Perth hotel on the day of the film's Australian premiere at Perth Festival. It's a very casual chat in which Robert gives us an insight into the film which he has been working on since 1998, I discovered. Uh, for loyalists of the book, you'll notice that the lead character has changed genders. Previously Abel and now Abby, Robert lets us know the reason behind that creative decision and also gives us other great insights into the making of the film alongside his rising star Ilsa Fogg. Blueback is in cinemas now across Australia and I can't recommend it enough. Anyway, enjoy. Robert and Ilsa, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. 
Nice to be here to talk with you again. Um, yeah, I, I think every time I interview you, I do make a point of it that, uh, Robert, you were my first ever interview uh, with Cinema Australia, and I do like to make a point of it because it's good to see that Australian filmmakers are continuing to make movies and, uh, and getting their films out there. Um, well, that was Tim Winton's The Turning, yes. so it's good to be back with another Tim Winton film. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how it all comes around, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I saw this film uh, quite early, and uh, when I walked out of the cinema, I'd, I'd text my wife, who's a huge Tim Winton fan, and said, uh, this is the best Tim Winton adaptation since The Turning, because there have been a few in between. Um, and I do mean it, it's just such an incredible film, so congratulations to both of you. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, Robert, I guess I'll start with you. How did this film come about for you, uh, the ad adaptation of the novel? I read the book uh, back in 98 when Tim wrote it right. and we optioned it and tried to make it back then. It's a long time ago. And I always kept an eye on it as a book and it was after the success of Paper Planes, really, where I was starting to think, oh, this world of family stories and, you know, reaching for that bigger, broader audience um, really excited me. Mm. But I think, you know, across the time between Tim writing it and now these issues about saving the ocean and, and the environment are even more important than ever. So it was kind of an increasingly timely film to develop. Mm. Do you think it would have been a different film if you had made it back then in, in 98? Yeah, in 98, Tim talks about this. It was more about biodiversity, mm. you know, whereas climate change wasn't as big an issue uh, or it was an issue but it wasn't described as one um, and so a lot of the themes that the Mia Wojciechowska framing story in the film deal with uh, are new themes which um, together with Tim we introduced to the story so yeah it's changed it's changed certainly because the the issues are more important than ever yeah um, Ilsa, uh, had you read the book before uh, joining the film? No, honestly, I'd never heard of it, really? the book. <laughs> I never got taught it in primary school, but I've definitely definitely heard of Tim Winton. Mm, mm. Um, but as soon as I got the audition and got a callback, I started reading the book. Mm. And it was a quick read. It's nice and easy and mm. it just flows. And mm. Yeah, it's such a beautiful story and I was so honoured to get the opportunity to work on it. Yeah, had you uh, had you seen any other Tim Winton adaptations, the films? Um, I've seen one before. Right. And I did watch The Turning, a few of them, yeah. Um, I can't remember the one I have seen. Right, But, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Turning is a masterclass in acting, so for a young actor for yourself, I recommend checking the whole thing the out. Whole, yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, what interested you the most about uh, joining this film and, and playing this character? I think just the connection with the ocean and the environment, because mm. I come from Geelong, like mm. 20 minutes away in a small town from mm. Geelong, um, and only like 20 minutes from the ocean, so I've always had that connection mm. with the environment, go down to the beach, I go for walks all the time, so I think... I had a massive interest in working with a film that targeted the, the environment so mm. much. Mm, mm. Yeah. I'll ask you about the environment connection uh, in a moment, but uh, uh, Robert, um, Ilsa's character Abby was originally uh, male in the book, uh, Abel. Um, uh, did you write this character as a female from the beginning or were you going to wait until the audition process or uh, how did that come about? No, it was during the script development uh, process and you know, I wanted to make a film that appeals to all young people who were taking the lead really on the environment, yes. more so than my generation. <laughs> and my teenage daughter at the time 
you know, because I would made paper planes, I was chatting to her and she said, what are you doing next? I said, Blueback. And she was like, oh, great. You know, another story with the male protagonist. You've got two <laughs> daughters. What are you doing? Mm. And so I changed uh, the protagonist with Tim Winton's permission mm. to uh, a young girl mm. uh, who grows up to become a marine biologist. And uh, Tim and I both agree it kind of unlocks something in the story. The universality of it, yes. you know, of, um, of a story for, for young people. Mm. And interestingly, once we made those changes, the film started to get more easily financed. I think, I think the world didn't want to see a film about men saving the environment. Yeah. I think there was kind of a sense that men have done enough to destroy the environment. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the leadership is now coming from some incredible uh, environmentalists and marine biologists who yeah. are women. So yeah. it spoke to that. When I uh, spoke to Rada about it, she said to me, the main character was a boy? I had no idea. So oh, that's I guess, good. You know, there's a lot of people out there who wouldn't realise as well. That's right. Um, but Ilsa, you just spoke about uh, the environment there and environmental protection. protection. Uh, you know, we all feel guilty, um, probably not doing enough to protect the environment. Well, how do you go about protecting the environment? Is it something that you're uh, actively conscious of? I think I've always been um, conscious of it, mm. but ever since I did get this role, I've been more more conscious of it in yeah. a way, like physically doing stuff mm. that, you know, can protect the environment. I know it's just one person, but I think mm. if we all do it, it can really make a difference. Yeah. I think just the most littlest things, like anything counts, like picking up rubbish when you see it yes. or just like acknowledging it mm. and then actu actually like doing it yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think ever since... I've got this role. I've definitely become so much more like yes. active, like conscious about it. Yeah, and hopefully it inspires people who see the film to do the same thing. Exactly, uh, when I left yeah. the cinema, I you know, <laughs> thought about it straight away. Why aren't I doing more? Uh, Robert, was it uh, similar with you? Yeah, I grew up in the Blue Mountains um, and surrounded by bush. And my father and my mother, they, they were both environmentalists years ahead of their time. And you know, we'd go camping and you'd take out all your own rubbish and you'd leave a very small footprint on the natural world. Yeah. And um, and I think that interest was something that I had from my childhood. Uh, I wasn't really that um, familiar with the ocean, really. Yes. I think Tim's work and his body of writing had introduced me to it. And Blueback, of course, mm. is this mm. amazing mm. fable for all ages about the ocean. Um, but that wasn't my natural habitat, really. Yes. It was more inland, more, more the bush. Mm. But I think the principles are the same, you know, we have to act in ways that take care of our natural environment mm. and the diversity and the way we protect that kind of benefits us all ultimately. Mm. So the principles I think of environmentalism that, that began with generations that were way ahead of their time yes. really, before the terms climate change mm. or, mm. you know, were even really discussed, there were people who just knew that we had to take greater care of our natural world. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, when um, environmentalists are shoving this message down our throat, it can kind of turn people off a little bit. But this film does it so well in that it, it plays the environmental so uh, the environmental message so subtly. It's very subtle. It's not rammed out down our throats at any time. And I absolutely love that about this film. Well, I that's, think, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that Tim Winton's really big on this, this mm. idea that you you um, inspire activism through optimism yes, you yeah. know you show people that if we change our ways things improve and mm. the whale populations you know in the great southern parts of this amazing state mm. are an example of that where they're flourishing again and yeah. why is that because we stop killing them so <laughs> you show people that and, and you know despair does not motivate action despair mm. makes us all curl up in the corner yes. yeah. and I you know really set about 
you know, making a really optimistic film mm. about a young person played by Ilsa who, who really does work out how to change the world and, and in, inspire us to kind of believe that with change we can, yeah. we can help. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, you couldn't keep me out of the ocean. I just I absolutely oh, loved it. But um, ever since discovering Shark Week on the Discovery Channel, <laughs> I just, I, there's something changed in me, and I just I can't bring myself to get back into the ocean anymore. I don't know what it is. Uh, do either of you have any interesting stories from filming uh, in the ocean while making this movie? Uh, Il Ilsa, you spent so much time in there. Ilsa can talk about this because we had shark mitigation drones and, yeah. <laughs> and shark alert systems, and Ilsa was doing all her own free diving. I don't. How did it feel? out there? I don't know, I was always conscious that you know sharks did exist in the ocean and yeah. that maybe one day I would come, you know, make meet one, but um, <laughs> I kind of like the thrill of it, like mm. not knowing what's down there, really. Um, but when I, I never knew free diving existed until I started learning um, how to do it and I just, it just opened me up to like a whole entire new world mm. and it was amazing and I guess I was never really scared of what could possibly be down there. It was mm. more, I was just in, so interested in it and I just wanted to go deeper and just know mm. like, know how big the ocean was. Yes. Um, but yeah, we did have people looking out for sharks. And yeah. stuff. But we never, yeah. we never came, I don't think we ever um, saw one. Oh, that's which was, right. Which was good. Yeah. But many other things, like I swam with seals, mm. fish, mm. dolphins. Mm. Like it was a massive experience and I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, uh, you're much more brave than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> what, what kind of training did you have to go through? Um, we did um, with Jared Griffer. Um, which is a dive instructor in Melbourne. Um, we did some dives in the MSAC, which is a pool in Melbourne, and then we, um, after we did that, we would take it out to the ocean and just practice breathing exercises, just calming exercises, because really freediving is a mind thing mostly. Mm. I think anyone could do it if you could just be able to relax yourself. Yes. Because once you think that you need to breathe, you just start freaking out. Mm. But mm. if you just relax it, you can probably stay under there for a couple of minutes and yes. really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, and then in Bremer Bay, we did some training over there too. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of training, which I'm so yeah. grateful for because yeah. it helped me so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you just mentioned Bremer Bay then. It's a very popular place in Western Australia. What was it like to film there? What was um, the experience like? I don't know if it's that popular. I don't know if you'd say. It's very popular. Increasingly. Yes, increasingly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... I got told that Perth is the smallest capital, the smallest city yes. in the whole entire world, yeah, and then it's six awesome. hours from Perth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, what, 200 people there, yeah. so isolated. Yeah. But mm. I think that was the beauty of it, because, mm. I mean, everyone was coming from all parts of Australia, yes. away from their family. Mm. And I think being in Bremer Bay, like a small local town, mm. a small town, um, it had that family sense, yes. which was quite nice. I mean, mm. everywhere you go, everywhere you look, you go to the pub, you mm. go for a mm. walk, you see someone you know and yeah. I think that was quite nice just having people there that you could just you could know and just talk to mm -hmm. um, but I loved it I mean I've never been to Western Australia and the oh, beaches good. there are yeah. amazing yes. like the water is so clear mm. and blue and mm. the sand is white and yeah Stunning, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. amazing. Um, Robert, you're no stranger to Western Australia having made quite a few films here. What, what is it that keeps you coming back? I think what Ilsa said really nails it. Mm. It's the idea of if you take a crew somewhere, you take your team somewhere, it just gets into the DNA of the film. Like I think if we hadn't all gone to Bremer Bay and brought everyone there and we all did quarantine during that pandemic and, um, 
and then meet the locals, involve the locals, mm. invite them into the film. That sense yes. of community that Ilsa spoke about is so important. Mm. And it's why each of the films I've done here have had that spirit, mm. um, that incredible spirit of local support. And you get a lot of support here. Yes. The, the Western Australian government is really keen to tell Western Australian stories. Yes. They, through Screen West mm. and mm. many other different financing arms to encourage you to, to make films mm. here. Mm. So, no, we'll keep coming back. Good. I've been here quite a few times now. <laughs> I think it's been, it's been wonderful. Mm. And Bremer is just an incredible part of the world. What an amazing, amazing, <laughs> epic magic. landscapes. Yeah. Peaceful one day and massive seas the next. Mm. Incredible. First yeah. time I went there, two minutes in, out on the bay in a boat and a whale came alongside. Oh, I mean, really? it, was, wow, <laughs> it was always going to be special filming yeah. there. Yeah, and you both just spoke about uh, that sense of community down there. I found that the the most powerful scenes within this film are the ones with the real community feel about them, especially that fire scene and the party scene where everyone's singing and dancing. Uh, they're, all the <laughs> they're all the locals. They're all locals, aren't they? They're all the locals. Right, right. We just invited them all down. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, good to say that they're so keen to get involved. Um, Robert, uh, you've adapted quite a few Australian novels now, and uh, you know, I, I did a bit of research on this, and it's actually quite rare for Australian filmmakers to adapt uh, Australian novels. Um, is, it, should we be looking more to Australian literature um, for, for feature films? Oh yeah, of course. I mean there's such a great um, breadth of stories mm. told by so many great writers. Mm. I mean I love reading and I think the novel is one of the great literary and artistic forms. Mm. And I think cinema can only attempt to rise towards it. I think the novel in itself is such a pure um, creative form of expression. And it suits itself, I think, really well to cinema. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I've been, you know, very lucky over my career to have worked with some great Australian authors. Yes. It's been amazing. But, yeah, so many great books mm -hmm. that tell our story. Yeah. Uh, Ilse, do you read much? Is there is there anything uh, in particular that you'd like to see adapted? I know it's a oh, tough story to I ask read you on the lot. spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love reading. Um, on the spot, I have no mm. idea. I've mm. read so many books in my whole life. Um, but not so much Australian um, novels. I haven't, mm. I haven't read a lot of those, mm. but definitely eager to start reading more. Mm. Um, but I love Australian film. Yeah. Like, I've watched so much Australian movies. Yeah. Um, Anything lately that you've seen that you've really enjoyed? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I have a, my media teacher at school. Mm. We've got a whole cupboard full of Australian DVDs. Oh, Australian that's films. so good to hear. So, like, every week I just take two home and yes. I just watch them. Good. Um, but you'd never heard of me, had you? Uh, no, I haven't. I didn't. Ilsa works as an usher in amongst her. Oh, right, right. The cinema complex. And you'd never heard of Robert Connolly before? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of Ilsa Fogg either. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> well, this is your first film, yeah, right? Exactly. So that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, so fair enough. Yeah. Um, I asked Rada this question as well, and she was a bit thrown by it. She couldn't answer it. But um, I'm just wondering whether either of you have had an animal in your life um, you know, that you've really loved and cared for and, and means a lot to you? Um, I, well, I've lived on a farm most oh, all my life, wow. um, so about 60 acres um, of farmland and moved from that down to two and a half acres yeah. when I was 14. Mm. But um, So I've always grown up with animals mm. around. I couldn't imagine my life without animals, yeah. um, like goats, cows, dogs, mm. and cats and sheep. Um, but yeah, I've always seemed to make, to really be able to connect with animals, mm. like you know, on a deep level. Um, but yeah, I've got my dog right now. I've got three dogs, but just one of them I absolutely adore. Yeah. Um, 
And I did have this really good relationship with one of my other dogs, but she got put down about right. a couple months ago. So right. I'm, I'm 18 years old and she would have been 18 oh, um, wow. Wow. in September. So yeah. she got put down before then. So I've had her my whole entire life. Yeah. So when we had to get her put down, that was quite sad right, because, yeah. you know, she's been there every stage of my life. Mm, um, mm. But yeah, I think I've always found it easily easy to connect with animals. Would you ever punch one in the face to save it? To save it? Probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it came down to that, probably. I mean, yeah. anything. You saw it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things you got to do. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Robert, any, any uh, animals in your life? Oh, we've got dogs, which have been great. My wife was really keen that we got dogs when my daughters were younger. She said that her dog had helped her through her teenage years when the whole world had hated her or she felt like it did, that dog yeah. loved her. Um, and they're great, but I, my childhood, I, my room in the Blue Mountains looked over the bush and there were these two kookaburras. I, I think bird life for me, I am fascinated by. And they would come there and they'd sit there and they're such a majestic kind of bird. And I used to watch them as a child. I didn't, they weren't like a pet. They're, a, they're not a captive animal, but I definitely think Australian bird life has always fascinated me, but I, I love our dogs too. Oh, Come on, you know. Kind of. But yeah, I think if I was to think of a special connection with an animal, that that would be. Look, I must say, when we were filming on Ningaloo Reef, though, and I'd uh, flown over for that early shoot for yeah. the early opening scenes of the film, the whale sharks, there was an oceanic manta ray, um, there were humpbacks. I mean, it, it was a pretty amazing experience. It just blew me away and Tim Winton came out with us and we went snorkeling on the reef with these incredible creatures it was stunning spectacular really wonderful um, I've got a final question here and every time I publish anything to do with the dry or force of nature over at Cinema Australia the interest is just through the roof so I have to ask you how's it all going with force of nature and um, where's it at at the moment yeah I've locked the picture edit I'm in sound post I've just been in LA working with Peter Rayburn the composer who mm. did the dry mm. Uh, and yes, people will see Eric Banner back yeah. investigating two new crimes mm. um, and it's going really well. Oh, it's okay. very, very exciting yeah. and uh, I'm also, um, you know, very excited having just read Exiles, which is the third piece of yeah. the trilogy, right, right. Um, to see where is the character of Aaron Falk, <laughs> oh, you know, but no, I'm very excited at the possibility of making the third film as well. But Force of Nature, you'll be out next year with our friends at Roadshow and really, really happy with it and excited for Australian audiences to see what happens next. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Ilsa, do you have anything coming up? I know it's a... Uh, it's a tough question for such a young actor, but anything coming up? No, I haven't. Um, I've just finished Year 12 mm. and my exams, so I've been focusing on that at the moment. Yeah, but uh, now, yeah. Yeah, now it's all over, which mm. I'm glad. Mm. Um, just ready for whatever. I'm going to yeah. keep learning craft, yeah. the craft and so see what takes So this experience has left you wanting to oh, 100%, act more? Yeah, yeah. No, acting's like, that's what I want to do, yeah. and I know it. Um, and I'm just going to keep... Keep going, keep mm. trying. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. I really appreciate it and congratulations on the film. Great to talk to you. Thanks for listening. Find all the latest Australian film news at cinemaaustralia.com.au. You can follow Cinema Australia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok.